And welcome to Top Dogs. This week we have a director behind the latest animation that has taken the internet by storm. Please welcome Fable. How you doing, Fable? Hey, hey. This, I'm doing pretty, pretty good. A little sunburnt because I was spending some time playing board games outside. I was like, oh, damn, I'm paler than I thought. Too much time indoors doing work. So, yeah, <laughs> doing pretty good otherwise. I mean, getting vitamin D, you know. Hey, that's uh, not that bad. What game were you playing? No. Uh, something that was, like, chemistry-related and way too complicated. Uh, I felt like I have an easier time understanding chemistry than I did, like, playing that board game. I was like, ah, I'm trying to wrap my head around this, and I'm like, oh, God, maybe I, I either smoke too much or I'm too tired to understand this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why don't you tell the audience what you are the director of and what you do? Uh, yeah, I, uh... I was the director of uh, Lackadaisy, the pilot, and I basically heard cats for a living. So um, I was played uh, the director, like producer, production manager for a while. Uh, I was I animated. I uh, I co-wrote it. I uh, I did some backgrounds. I did uh, boards. I did editing. I did it's like it's a ridiculous amount, like too many jobs. So like eliminated like a bunch of my credits at the end because it just was like to the point of parody how many hats I had worn over the course of the project. So yeah. You remind oh. you remind us of somebody that we knew that used to do everything. <laughs> Hence, we kind of call him yeah. the guy that puts out fires. So, oh, yeah. and that is Colton. Yeah, so, but yeah, that is largely my job on the project. Is like, there's a problem, I have to fix it. I feel like that Wallace, like making this thing, was like, uh, you know, that bit from Wallace and Gromit, where Wallace is on the. Um, not Wallace, uh, Gromit is on the uh, the train, and as the train's like going around this little mini train, he's like quickly putting out tracks right in front of him. It's like, ha, 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 so he doesn't run out of track. And that was basically mm. what I was doing throughout the entire project. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, audience, my name is Fiction Boy. I'm Stream Arcadad. And I'm Whiplash Wolf. Obviously the succubus and uh, the guy that likes to think he's a daddy. But anyways. <laughs> uh, I have Embryo in cryo storage, by the way. I am, actually. I have a legal contract and everything. I just... Not that daddy. The other one. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. Um, I have a question, Fable. So, you uh, can you mm -hmm. tell me more about th that show? Is it a series? Is it a movie? Is it a fan art? Like, what is it exactly? Tell me more about it. Well, it's not fan art. It is an official project. Like, Tracy Butler is actually involved. Uh, she uh, she helped with uh, um, some some guiding some of the direction. Like, she uh, she co-wrote it. Uh, she was there throughout the entire project all three years. So it functions as a pilot, so it's not quite an episode one. Like, some people mistake it for that. But it's kind of like the lackadaisy sampler platter, uh, because if anybody knows, it's been a long-running comic for, like, over a decade now. And there's so much material. But if we tried to stuff, like, the first chapter into just, like, one episode and tried to put that out as, like, oh, look, it's a short film, you wouldn't have gotten to, like, half the important cast. So we had to, like, remix it a bit in order to present something that would um, give people a general idea of what to expect from a show uh, in the 
the amount of time that we had. So it's like having our main protagonist face off of the main antagonists and like these uh, um, and like the uh, the characters in the bar and like what they're doing and and their main conflicts. Um, so yeah, it was like basically a short film that hints at more to come like the uh just an idea of like everything that you could get if you read the comic or if we did more animation so yeah developing any characters okay. with any story series takes a lot because then you know you have to make mm -hmm. out their flaws mm -hmm. there has to be more flaws than good because no one likes an overpowered character mm -hmm. we get that mm -hmm. I, would, I just find very yeah, as well. that's I the hardest that's, part. It, it, but it is the most satisfying. Oh, I, I think oh, you oh, I have some random issues. Vive <laughs> is actually muting my microphone randomly. So, um, oh. but yeah, it's like seeing the character, the character develop, become a better person, or work on himself and like evolve is something mm -hmm. I'm really into, and I find that really fascinating. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I love. Um, stories like writing them or engaging with them where the characters have conflict and the conflict is external and, and internal um, because it's hard to really engage with a story for me unless like the characters are kind of dealing with something themselves because like most mm -hmm. people are not just like perfect entities where the only problems they ever have are like oh it's you know there's going to be a thunderstorm or oh uh, if only I could just like cross this area or something and I think that it's always really interesting when you create a narrative that has like layers of conflict in it. So, you know, in, in like media for kids, that's like for young kids, especially the individual kids don't usually have like a ton of variation in their conflict. But like, as you get into older and older stories, then that's when you start seeing like, you know, there's more problems that someone can have, like the individual hangups you have and how that can affect how you interact with stuff. You can have a more complicated story that way. And it feels a little bit realer to me. And it's the kind of thing that I like to write and, uh, and facilitate myself. Yeah, internal conflicts is a, a, a definitely a big one for each character that you make. And mm -hmm. it also has to be very relatable to the audience. Mm-hmm. Currently, I'm trying to write my own st uh, story series, but I find, like I said, the eternal conflicts with each character different, and everybody has their motive, and everybody mm -hmm. has their own different reasons of struggle. And trying mm -hmm. to mix that all into one story is much more difficult than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's, it's really use... difficult to find that balance. Mm-hmm. You can always, like, draw, you know, when they do those investigation, you could put, like, all your characters on a billboard. Oh, you're cut, you cut uh, off again. I think he's talking about, like, uh, what, what, what is that like thing from The Office? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. The, uh, what's, what's that meme where the guy was like, he doesn't even exist? The guy in the mailroom? Yeah. Yeah. Making, like, it's like, you uh, do that. Uh, like, yeah. A, What's that a character chart, basically. Okay, what, the link yeah. with this person is this. This person, a brother. This is the mm -hmm. guy he met at the bar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I usually will write down stuff in like a sketchbook or something, something freeform, so I can like doodle an idea and also like right next to it and it's always helpful if you have a, a notebook on hand and so you can just like scratch out ideas really fast. Because there's something about 
writing in a physical medium that helps me get the idea out faster, whether it's through boarding or through writing or just like design, and then taking that into the computer and using that space to refine it or store it so it's easier to, to archive and bring up again. Um, I know I was using something called Scrivener, I think, for a while on my own comic. And that was pretty useful as a way of like tracking information. But nowadays, also, you have Google Docs and that kind of thing as a way to keep track of everything. Um, but on this project, like I wasn't the I wasn't the initial writer. Like uh, the Lackadaisy was actually created by Tracy Butler. So rather than me like starting from scratch with everything, this was a matter of adaptation. You know, she had already had all these characters, and creating um, the short was basically going okay what are like the key elements of this story that need to be on display you know besides kind of involving like here's all these different characters what kind of conflict are they in what kind of like uh what kind of action could we expect out of a series as well um and what kind of locations could you expect so i wanted to show effectively what i loved about the series uh but in a condensed way that like felt like something that like flowed together very naturally would you say that world building is one of the hardest things to do as well i i personally love world building i think it's just uh it's part of my interest even in storytelling so it's not hard for me it's probably harder to figure out at what point do you stop world building and you start focusing on the characters and and how do they show that world? Because you can't you can't show off everything at once. You need to um, you need to make sure that you don't front all the info because like the way that you reveal info over time about your world and about like the the plot at large you know plot in general like that that's like peppered through like ask you know creating questions like breadcrumbs for the audience to follow that compels them to keep keep reading or, or keep watching um whatever medium you're using <laughs> so and world would... building is just super fun it's just figuring out which parts of the world do you show at what times mm -hmm. yeah you don't want to try to you don't want to try to show everything all at once on paper no, Especially no, like, not at all. Like the the politics of how the world is and how the is the yeah. religion aspects to it all. Um, yeah, things like that. it turns into a massive info dump if you just go here's everything to everybody. I, I think a better way to approach it is, and this is a good way to figure out what characters are even for is how does this character allow you to get this lens on the world around you you know how how that's one reason why in a lot of stories you have characters that act as like your your perspective character where they know absolutely nothing and they're the ones asking the questions that the audience would have that's i think that's one reason why in a lot of isekai you have this guy who's like from another world he's from our world he hops into a new world he knows nothing about anything but he finds himself in a position where he needs to know more stuff and this is the way that we learn about this fantasy world and i like how everything works and how magic worlds and creature works and the politics and that kind of thing so you have uh, different characters that might represent different aspects of that um, that mm -hmm. lead the like there are our main protagonists through and teach the audience effectively through that point of view what they're going to do. The only problem with stuff like that is that sometimes that can create a situation where you have a character that it's like so much of a just like a blank canvas that they have no personality and no integration into the world themselves, which can be a little frustrating when you write basically a cardboard box or like a cardboard mm. cutout of a character. Um, it's it can be more difficult figuring out 
about how your main character integrates with everything without also doing an info dub to like fill in the gaps for the audience. Um, mm. But it's always a good idea to have somebody who knows less so that they can like learn more over time. Not as a hard mm -hmm. rule, just like as a tool if you find that an easier way to figure out like how do I explore this world I've created. So. You know, it's very interesting because if with any type of series like Star Wars, for example, people will make their own mm -hmm. assumptions about lore and how mm -hmm. they explain it. Usually, it's it's way more fun from a from a writer's perspective having other people explain how the world works and you know people making their own imagination. Yeah, because it's you, like they they might like get something out of it, like pick up on something that you didn't even originally intend. It's like, oh, that's actually pretty clever, and you can lean into it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if you ever get the opportunity to, and you know, people explain the lore a little bit from their perspective, then mm -hmm. you might actually use their ideas. It'd well, be kind like of fun to experience. In an official capacity, but what I have found upon watching a lot of people watch the film and like how they're reacting to it is what I'm finding out like what uh, amongst the reactions, like the uh, the Easter eggs that we we peppered throughout, so that we're mostly showing and not telling. Like that's a that's a creed in a lot of. Uh, writing you you show and you don't tell we're not necessarily telling the audience exactly everything that's going on like all the relationships we are assuming that you have the intelligence to just like watch it and kind of piece it together and like that engages your curiosity and it can be oh damn i rattled off i like, lost track of what i was saying could you repeat You're your good. question sorry yeah so i was uh, saying i was saying like the when people make you know uh, use an example of Star Wars and, you yeah. know, people that are big fans of Star Wars yeah. make their own assumptions about the lore, what's going on in these situations, yeah, yeah. like factions mm -hmm. and all that stuff, and explain their yeah. motives and their their things. It's I think what people need to understand when it comes to making a story is that people mm -hmm. need to know that, yes, these things, these small details, these factions, religions, politics mm -hmm. makes the world come alive, but it's not the main mm -hmm. focus either. Yeah, you know, it's it, it like the interesting thing about that also is that that's kind of how people interact with the real world. Like everybody's always just interpreting the th the the information that's given to them, and some stuff I guess is closer to an objective rea reality than others. But the truth is, is always like filtered through like their experiences and their emotions, and like they're gonna pick up on some things like faster than other things, or like connect with certain things way more strongly um as they're mm -hmm. engaging with some media um and that's what i've been really enjoying about watching reaction videos is i can see everybody like kind of piecing things together and how interesting it is to watch that like watch people like looking at a scene and like thinking and asking questions and and getting excited about something and seeing like oh you know i i dropped this piece of information here and they're picking it up again over here so i could i could tell like that they're like taking this ball and they're bringing it over and I just get really excited about it because like, you get afraid as a storyteller that somehow someone's going to like miss those details. But um, so it's it's really, really exciting and uh, uh, validating to uh, see that like something you put together, like had the intended effect and sometimes even gets to people uh, in ways that you didn't expect. But mm -hmm. it's also really cool when you go like, I knew it, I knew it, they would they would react that way. And you're just like really excited because you. You try to set up like certain kinds of emotional payoff, and it, it's hard to predict mm -hmm. that, 
you know, if any everybody would react exactly the same way, and uh, and they won't. And for that reason, some people also won't like a story that you present. But that's okay too, because you know, if they're just not going to connect with it, that it's fine. So, like, you know. if there was the if I was to use the any kind of reaction, like, uh, if you watch Game of Thrones, which I, I think you've seen it, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Hodor is um fate. When he was to his whole fate was to hold the door. Nobody saw that coming. It was the most simple kind mm-hmm. of writing that people would expect, and it shocked me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was set in stone, and you would think, huh? I wouldn't think something so simple would be so you know get a reaction out of you. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of like that like kind of thing. That. It's like not everything has to be deep. Sometimes you know, even aspects of yourself are like that deep it's like i like the color blue why oh it's a nice color sky water (laughs) pretty you know it's not that deep i could i could invent a lot of lore around it sure but i don't know it's just do you like it one two yeah well another you okay stream sorry i'm i'm having massive audio issues i've been trying to speak and nothing comes out (laughs) of my mouth oh at least it's probably not as bad as like the screen going gray for me occasionally (laughs) yeah sorry i talked over you (laughs) Now Jed oh, is, like, is like playing with cans right now. So we get... Oh, you're good. <laughs> you're you're good. No, no, no. Yeah. Ah. That, I'm <laughs> sure you're probably picking up breaking. off of my mic. You're probably picking up the beeps off of my mic also, and that's like my my birds who are like just outside the window in an aviary, and like they whistle and it comes right through the window. <laughs> it's like oh mm-hmm. shoot. So anybody who's wondering what's that squeaky door that that's that's what it is. They're just so it's clear the in their. It's birds. birds. I have many birds. I live in Isla Nublar. If I wasn't in this weasel avatar right now, if I could have figured out uh, Unity and Substance Painter a little bit, fa- I'd be in a dinosaur at the moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's a really cute, future though. project. I like that. It is cute. Yeah, yeah no, this this <laughs> this ferret is adorable. I, I I had a ferret once before, so I have a real like love and affinity for weasels as well. Um, so like getting this, like I picked up this, so I just cloned it off of somebody who offered it to me so it's just been my go-to because it's just like a nice puppet it's like very simple but not over complicated so i don't accidentally make myself look creepy with like going at like random times your face just twitches out it's a good puppet <laughs> i wanted to ask you another thing when it comes to like writing a series would you think that writing a novel is much harder than writing a script or or is it flipped around um, the thing with writing a script is that you are building a br- blueprint that other people have to understand. So oh. you have to. Uh oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jet is like climbing on me. No. I think you're climbing. I think stream. Nice. Stream got a little excited there to sit on my lap. Yeah. Mm, always do. Always. I was like, it. I'm the big kitty now. Oh yeah. But you're never up <laughs> for it. You're never inviting me, so I just yeah. gotta freaking make my. You had to involuntarily <laughs> put yourself into my lap, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pure accident. Wow, what a good boy. No, it wasn't. You intentionally <laughs> did it. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, look at these two of her bicker each other. Like married couple. <laughs> makes it fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the anniversary fiction, let him just, let him have his way for once. All right, just let him write. Well, people that bicker each other, they're usually a sign of a good relationship, so that's good. Pretty much. He, he wants you to ride me, but that's not going to happen. Oh. <laughs> yes. Imagine that. Just ride him like a, a motorcyclist wears a helmet. 
The skeezy flip on. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know it. You know what, Whiplash? We love you. And we love your mouth, too. But I feel like sometimes you need a bar of soap in there. <laughs> like that one episode. Like that one episode. No, no, hold on. What episode? Well, they like that, episode? Not episode. Not the cleanup episode. No, not an episode. That video that you did with Andreas at TikTok when you used Kyle and Ike's voice as a... Like, you wash your effing mouth. <laughs> Uh huh. You know what? I, you know what I'm talking about. Well, you I only wash my mouth with whiskey. Soaps, like, if if you get like that shea butter or something, maybe pretty tasty. Mm, yeah, that could work with with Shea butter. Yeah. My brother got me some like. Mouth. I can push it deeper down there if you want to. I can take care of that task for sure. If you want sure, to go ahead, deep throat it, a by all means. Yep, yep. You'll be blowing deep. bubbles. <laughs> Out of which end? Yeah, what? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, God. I like that. Uh, I don't want to know that. I don't want to find that out. Oh, God. Shoot out. I can see Ken in the, in the back and just shaking his head. You guys are idiots. Yes, we are. We are absolute. I don't know if I want to find that out. But... Oh, but before we continue on with this, I want to give a shout out to Sakura. She just recently got in a relationship, so I'm happy for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 After wait, wait, being single, the celebratory confetti. If I'm not gonna mess this oh, up, oh no! Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Sakura. We love you, girl. Romance. You want some? You want some? Nice. We love you, girl. Butter, you want some, some peanut nice butter? Peanut... Maybe you can present it to your partner. Yeah, yeah. Use it for later. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fucking god. I can't. That strikes one. When my best friend told me that she had hooked up with a guy, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm so happy for you because she's so awesome. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you deserve better than like the, 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 the nonsense you've been going through. You deserve so much better. And like, fi- mm-hmm. you know, and finally, like, I, I uh, she, uh, she had her bow over at our place, or her future bow, rather. And I was like, mm, these two are definitely digging on each other. And after he Jet. left, I asked her, like, hey, ah. so what was going on there? And she's like, oh, well, you know, you f***ed around a little bit, but we're not serious or anything. I was like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, hey, Fable, I do have to give you a little bit of warning. Uh, the profanity needs oh, yeah. to be at a minimum because of our editor, because he'll, sure. he'll just like, you know what? I'm not going to edit anymore. Just curse. That's... Oh, cold. <laughs> all right. Oh, <laughs> No, no, that's it's fine. Not, he's already got so much to handle. Let's be respectful. I cut myself. Thank you, Thunder. Uh, Jet. Wow. Thunder. Oh. Oh. Playing with the can. I, oh. I yanked the can and he oh. tore a corner and slashed through my. There's ring something finger. really funny about raising the robot arm and going, ow, ooh. <laughs> Licking it. <laughs> ah. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> I always love in VR when you have like the the real world and VR world like clash thing going on. There was this uh this world that I was in the other day, uh, like last time I w- had this on this set on. I was in like this uh, world and hanging out with some people, and my I was walking around, and one of my parrots was out. Like he, mm-hmm. he got he was out of his cage, and he's like like walking around and so i could hear him walking around so i like sit down on the ground so i don't accidentally step on the little guy because that would that, oh. that's not fun <laughs> let's not no um, it's not so he sees that as an invitation to walk 
walk over and like like crawl on top of me he's like oh we're having fun now i was like all right i guess that's happening and so like i'm petting him on my shoulder as like i'm chatting with these guys and one of the guys happened to have a parrot avatar and shrunk down and like sat on my on my hand where my actual bird was and i was like petting my bird while a like a virtual bird was there i was like this is so weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had those happen yeah. to me. Every time, like, I'm yeah. playing VR, I'm sitting down, I'm I'm petting my dog, and people are like, "What are you doing?" It's like, "Oh, it's Jet. He's here. I'm petting him." And they're like, "Oh, oh, that's cute." And then they go to where Jet is so that it looks like <laughs> yes. I'm petting them, and they want to get head pats from me. It's like, so adorable. I love it. <laughs> it's uh, really great. Now I wanted to ask you another question, Fable. Uh, the voice actors. Mm. Mm-hmm. How'd you guys? How'd you guys get them? And how'd you know they fit the role they wanted to do? Or you? Well, in the to case, do? well, in the, uh, like uh, it basically kind of began with a domino effect where I got like the first two guys, and they sent out the notice to people that they knew as going like, "Hey, uh, these guys are looking for parts. You know, check this out." Um, because initially, when we were casting, besides those first two guys, I had to keep everything like super on the low because uh, we wanted to make it a surprise when the Kickstarter came out. So mm-hmm. the Kickstarter is how we funded everything, and I didn't want to announce on my Twitter account uh, before the fact that we were like looking to cast some folks. Um, so initially, I got on board Michael Kovach, uh, who was was uh probably best known as like the voice of angel dust in the pilot for has hotel and i had actually mm-hmm. done some animation on that so um we were both at the premiere of that and i basically i was like i had been talking to tracy earlier and i was like we're trying to figure out who should we cast who would be cast first and we decided that the two most important characters that we should cast first were basically opposite ends of the spectrum and then finding people who kind of would balance against all that um and so we needed Rocky, we needed Rocky, and we needed Mordecai in particular. Like, those were the two that had to be, like, the most priority. And the case of Rocky, I was like, okay, so we need, like, a fast talker who has, like, a, a who has more dimension than that. But it's, like, you had this feeling that he's, like, putting on, like, a layer, like a, like a chaotic, like, happy-go-lucky layer above, like, something that's, like, deeply depressing underneath, which is what gives mm-hmm. him that try-hard energy. Um, and you see, like, cracks and stuff, like, leaking out through that on, you know, sometimes either, like, his genuine himself when he's playing the violin and he is like more focused so you get this more serene side or when things are going very well and he just kind of like falls apart so you can see just how fragile he is and i was really impressed with uh mike's performance as angel dust like with just like a few previews and stuff that had come out he uh what he had put out was interesting because like the character is not like the most dimensional in that pilot like you kind of get like a surface level idea of him but Mm -hmm. he managed to perform in such a way that with like just like a sigh or like the his annotation or the the timing of how he said something implied a lot more of that about that character than you would have gotten through just the raw dialogue. So that really impressed me because like you know you want like a fast talker like a you know kind of this guy who comes off as uh, uh, both too smart and too stupid for what he is he's up to. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because it was some stuff that kind of reminds me of family members, honestly. <laughs> People I really, really love, but also I'm like, oh, God, please occupy yourself in more creative 
more productive ways than this. Um, and he struck me as somebody who would be able to do that, uh, but also do the second thing. And that was, that was the key. So I basically tugged on his shirt at the premiere and was like, hey, I, I was wondering if you could try out for this part that I have in mind for you for this project called Lackadaisy. And uh, it, would you be okay with me, like, get, get in contact with you and like doing some, some tests and stuff? And he was like, yeah, sure. Um, and uh, his partner, Ashley Nichols, uh, was actually a big fan of Lackadaisy. So when he mentioned it to her, she was like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And, and urged him to like like actually you know keep in touch um and during our initial voice tests and in discussions like he just basically nailed it out of the gate just nailed it out of the gate mm. so his performance as rocky rickaby is more or less like how mike sounds normally even which yeah. is like, like a little bit more rasp because life has been a bit harder uh but in the case of uh mordecai He's played by Sung Wong Cho, better known by the internet as ProZD. And he actually was recommended by Tracy because she said, oh, well, regarding Mordecai, as we were talking, like, who do you imagine he would sound like or, you know, his general range. She's like, there was this mm -hmm. guy years ago near named ProZD who did some fan dubs of my comics. And mm -hmm. I always thought that he had, like, the best Mordecai to me. He's just, like, the canon voice in my head. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go contact him. And she was like, no, 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 he's, he's probably like super busy. He, he does a lot of work nowadays. And I was like, nah, you'd be surprised. So I emailed him. I started the email with, hi, this is not a scam. Anyway, would you like to, you know, you, <laughs> Tracy said that you were really good as Mordecai years ago. Would you like to be the character? We're setting up a thing. And he was like, yeah, sure. He actually responded back. So mm -hmm. that's how we became Mordecai, and and only after all that, that I was like, okay, so who is this guy outside of those, you know, dubs? Because I don't look at the numbers for people's subscriber counts or anything. I was like, okay, so let's check out like a little bit more about this guy, and I'm like, he has millions of viewers on YouTube. Okay, I see what she meant now. <laughs> so, yeah, I can see that. Why wow, that could be like well, not an mm. internet person. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, but yeah, no, they were both great to work with. But importantly, the two of them have a better uh, connection to the voice acting community than I do. Like, I know tons of animators and board artists and that kind of thing, because that's been what I've done for a living for years, like since I graduated college. You know, I live out in Los Angeles and I, sorry, my birds are having an argument. What are you doing? Hey, hey, cut yeah, it my, out. My dog is ringing the bell. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> they're having an argument right now now we yeah. can hear it sometimes so, through your microphone kind of yeah. cute. <laughs> yes hey hey boy what's up what are you doing i know and i have to whistle back yeah he's a baby oh. there's a little mango a little baby mangoes <laughs> What's up, folks? What's up? So, um, oh I'm gonna. So, Fable, what anyway, is the so premise? They got me in what touch is... with other people. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. What is the premise of Like a Daisy Pilot? I, I've never heard about it before. I'm very curious, though. Can you explain to me, like, what's the story? Because I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who doesn't know what it is. Uh, Like a Daisy is basically about this down and out. Out speakeasy in the 1927 in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, the original proprietor 
of the establishment who was like the head of the gang that supplied all the alcohol and basically like wiped out the competition and that kind of thing or made deals with the competition as you know whatever was required basically um he died and his widow took over uh the lackadaisy speakeasy which is what he owned and operated uh and unfortunately when the guy died uh everybody else who most of the folks who worked for the gang were just like you know fuck this and they like scattered and spread out because money wasn't coming in anymore you know stuff was getting more violent it was becoming a little bit uh difficult to keep the place together and so only a handful of people stuck around uh there's the band there's uh one of the former hitmen uh who basically can't leave because like his knee got busted so he can't do anything and um uh the goddaughter of the original proprietor so that's that and like one bus boy <laughs> so that's all who's left so uh one of the jazz band members takes it upon himself to be the rum runner for the group since there's no alcohol coming in which means they can't get customers which means you know they're just running out of money running out of money and he doesn't want to see the uh, the lackadaisley like go under so he decides yeah i'm gonna be a rum runner but he's also like made of wet noodles essentially he's like mm-hmm. not what you would expect out of a gangster like he's not capable of intimidating anybody and he gets his ass regularly handed to him as he's trying to get uh the stuff for the bar so he ends up recording recruiting his uh cousin who's far more capable with firearms than him uh although kind of like a meek little guy seemingly until he gets a weapon um and also the proprietor's goddaughter who's hanging around because she just has this fantasy of being a gangster herself you know and getting up to like all sorts of cool adventures basically uh and then they make asses of themselves uh, and it does not go well because <laughs> they're not they're not very competent and at the same time um one of the former hitmen of the lackadaisy is trying to figure out what happened to the original proprietor like why did he die who killed him uh what happened to make like the stable situation in st louis suddenly like collapse and fall apart so he joins one of the rival gangs to investigate it and he's like digging around um under the uh the the marigold group as it's called um and uh to kind of keep an eye on him the the boss of the group uh who is using him to basically clear out like a bunch of competition like i said things are getting more violent uh he sticks like two of his henchmen with them uh seraphine savoie and nicodine savoie her brother and sister uh and they basically are something of his chaperones babysitters whatever uh kind of keeping an eye on him making sure that he's not gonna betray the group uh all while he's trying to like piece together this thing and he's playing detective but for something that maybe doesn't matter whether or not to solve because it's questionable whether or not it's really worth it to keep this place alive because uh you know, it's just, it, it, you know, it's just murder and crime everywhere. As mm-hmm. uh, you know from history, I would hope, you know, prohibition did not exactly stop crime. It just kind of encouraged it by creating a black mm-hmm. market for something that really never needed to be that in the first place. So Yeah. So yeah. before we continue on, we're going to start off with our questions of the week, guys. So the question of the week mm-hmm. is, what was your favorite character in the Lackadaisy pilot and why? Actually, do you have a list of questions actually on here i just need to get to it mm-hmm. and we so got some responses so we do so from actually Hal's right here he actually has the what mordecai because 
This means business doesn't fool around and it's mysteriously intriguing and that's why he likes them. So thank you for your answer, Hals. <laughs> <laughs> and our second question was from uh, uh, Nico Demi, which I might have pronounced that wrong. Nicodem. <laughs> Nicodem, yeah, that's... Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not... That got me a little bit. So, rough around the edges, knows how to have fun and cares for his sister. That was yeah. the second one. Mm-hmm. Evie, Evie clearly in control, gets things done, and has a cheerful personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty good yeah. one. And we got one from the. I don't know Japanese. There's a Japanese name on this one. <laughs> uh, me, Sakura Kase. <laughs> That's not you, oh though. God, they're having Sucker. a solid argument. Sorry. I can hear them. Yeah. The sun's going down, so it's time to scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You burned her. Like, go oh, wait a minute. There are reminders. So UFC, that you know, bird edition. the sun is falling. Yeah. So, yes. They have opinions on favorite characters, too. Yeah. Hi, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, the Japanese. Actually, it's Rocky Star Strike. Okay. They mm-hmm. said, uh, hard to say. Mine has to be between uh, Nicodine. I keep... I think of nicotine every time I say that. I'm Rocky. <laughs> there, there is a lot of smoking. If you say nicotine, it's like, oh, so zip then. <laughs> the, the chain smoker of the group. <laughs> Rocky because he is such a lively, crazy fella and who Jet. knows he is crazy. But crazy people normally do not know he is crazy and he just wants to wants people happy. I'm going to say nicotine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> nicotine, however. Hey, nicotine. Hey, it's you, nicotine, right? They smoked a lot back in the 20s. They probably, yeah, they did. That's Who a good point. Smoke? You came out of the womb and they just gave you a cigarette. You're like, so, you know, hard luck, kid. Here you go. Light up. Exactly. It's just like Europe now. Yeah. So, nicot- it's, so it's pronounced sex. nicotine, right? It's it's pronounced mm-hmm. nicotine, right? Nicotine? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. You can also just say Nico. Nico. Or you can say Nico. Nico, however, Nico, however, <laughs> I am intrigued what got him from, oh, from boxer to mafia, which I'm pretty sure you can answer that question. Yeah, I believe what uh, what took him there was basically money uh, and his sister who um, like they were both based out of New Orleans originally and they made a lot of money. Um, like he would make money boxing and she would do tarot and psychic readings and all that she would mm-hmm. kind of like um figure out how to monetize you know her like uh, like oh you know all these people and tourists and stuff they want like visions and things I, I guess i'll give it to them and they give me a few bucks but she also used that as an opportunity to gather information so that when they would go off uh, you know they, they would get information about various alcohol drops and they'd be like oh we could just like steal it ourselves so they would go out and intercept people and basically clear them out and take their and then sell that um and they were so effective at that that the marigolds uh the marigold gang actually ended up going like hey rather than trying to eliminate you guys because they would kept trying to like send people off down there to like do away with these like you know pesky buggers uh which did not work (laughs) you know they would just like I was like, oh, that didn't that did not fix it. They were just like, why don't we just hire you? How about that? So they became part of their organization, uh, and that's how they got kind of got like uh, wrapped up into uh, organized crime rather than just being like thieves of their own. Okay, they're entrepreneurs. <laughs> 
But yeah, they're oh. very independent. So even though they work for Marigold, they're not necessarily loyal to them. They're just extremely effective. Done. No. <laughs> Can't take care of the puppy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just watching him struggle there. He's, he's shredding them apart, and I'm like, no, you're not going to do that. Oh, trust me, I understand. My dog did. He's, he destroyed my door yesterday. Oh boy. Oh no. Jesus. He just needs to wait like 20 30 minutes and then uh -huh. be good to... <laughs> All right. They so we're going to say this. Puppy wants it my, now. My friend had a my buddy has a a mini Aussie and it took us years to get that guy to not freak out every time she hey, left the room. Hey. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Opens up the lid. Mother <laughs> Sorry about I love being here. This is a show for me. <laughs> <laughs> what was my first anyway, puppies are, just, puppies are pure destruction said it twice <laughs> each word each curse word is a strike you're doing worse than him right I now one, one squirt I, did, I only said one curse word you said two <laughs> did, did you, you guys hear two ah oh, damn it what you gotta have is like a button <laughs> where you just like tap so that there's like some sort of audio spike that it like signals to the editor ah uh, you know cl clear that one something like that to make his job convenient mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm yeah. trying to do my best too anyways guys <laughs> to our audience subscribe to our youtube channel and hit that notification bell when you hit that notification bell it will alert you for the upcoming video in shorts also be sure to follow us on our audio platforms and leave us a rating that will help us yeah that will help us out a lot and uh, be sure to also join our Discord and Telegram chat. Links are all these are in the description in the link tree. So be sure to check that out. And now the floor is your stream. Yes, calling all to to all of our Top Dogs fan. You want some cool stuff? You can by subscribing to our server subscription on Discord. You can become a podcast supporter today. You get exclusive raw and uncut footage of your favorite podcast episode. Join supporter meetups and talk with other podcast supporters and the team. Plus, you get a super awesome and cute paw emoji uh, and other goodies that come with their $2.99 uh, $2 subscription. Uh, but wait, there's more. Upgrade to the Podcast Supporter Plus and get episode voting, supporter feedback, and live audience participation for only $5.99. You also get a sneak peek of upcoming ideas, merchandising, and more. You don't have to join uh, the the subscriptions, but it does help us out tremendously. And everybody out there who is supporting us, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. You guys are making a dream come true for us, so thank you so much. If you do not do these things, you know what? It's okay. Whiplash doesn't need to do anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't need to do anything at all. Film me throwing him over the side of the building at FWA. <laughs> if you can somehow find access to the rooftop. Oh, I might. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. I've gone there for past eight years at FWA. I'm pretty sure I know my way now. Hey, I'm a security <laughs> system technician. I can maybe figure a way to get you in. You should not oh, try to bypass the security systems. Of the building. That's illegal. Seven way to the rooftop. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Three. Honestly, if they build their security system correctly, I won't be able to do anything. But there's nah. if they're slacking on the job. There's ways to bypass, but. Most of those big places are very highly secure, so I don't, even I won't be able to. 
do it without leaving. No, don't try to bypass their security protocol. No, because I want to go back to Canada, Are you bragging about, like, how good of a hacker you are? He's not even a hacker. I'm the one who's in cybersecurity. It's my job how to know how to do that. And I'm not even bragging. Just hoping that... I'm just hoping they're using... I just tell people what to do. That's all I do. But there's more to me than just that. I like to sing. I also like to voice act. Yeah, but I'm actually actually actor house is actually teaching me how to voice act the fundamentals and everything Ooh, cool. Because he actually studies film. Oh fantastic Yeah, he's yeah, I'd like to take a voice acting fellow. course myself to get a, like a better idea of like how to uh, Better direct people in the future and that kind of thing just as, because it's always good if you know exactly what somebody else's perspective is like uh on the crew and like i talk to my crew a lot i talk to the cast a lot trying to get like a better idea of like what kind of direction works for you like learning what they need so that i can figure out how to communicate what's in my head to them oh no he broke he's okay he, oh. he's just a carpet it's he's okay just now. continue on yeah all right but also wanted to point out that sagra is also an actress as well. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, she voice, does pretty. She uh, does a film. She does voice. Oh, beautiful! Awesome. Oh, both or just film? Just film? Okay. Both? Just film? There you go. There you go. Yeah. Do you, okay, do you let me go. know what films you're in? There yeah, you go. Streams like a transformer. Uh, I had so, to take him outside. He was just being annoying. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> you're good. Hoppers <laughs> <laughs> are a lot well, Here's of. the thing. I. I cannot close the garage door because he figured out how to open up the door and just walk in. So even if I push him out, he comes back. He's like, I want to go outside now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when it comes to smart. like... So oh, you have a basic understanding with... You have a basic understanding with like voice acting and what you expect from them? Yeah, but uh, it, it was always really helpful talking to them, being like, does this direction make sense? Like, uh, And Tracy was also there the entire time so we both wrote the script and it's a good idea like when um you're looking at the script and you have to convey that information to the voice actor to know like what was even intended and when you're doing script writing you have to put in notes that say okay like uh you know this is meant to be aggressive or like this is meant to be like you know more meek that kind of thing but sometimes also there's like some subtext to what's being said which is hard to communicate in a script uh, so it's it's good to have like both writers in essentially and providing like that interpretation to the voice actors and we also had some like rough storyboards for them to look at um piece together so that they could kind of see like roughly what's what was going to happen through the scene and they had a lot of context when they were acting and we also had the uh other voice actors in on a voice call with them while we were directing them so pretty much they were just like bouncing off of each other and as they went through different reads of the script uh like acting mm -hmm. together then we would kind of dig down onto single parts where we felt like okay that needs like another read no give us a, like a few more versions of this so that when i'm taking all that footage you know the, the recordings and I'm taking it into uh, edit, then I can I have a, a bank of possible takes to play with and I can stitch them together and be like, okay, like this the, the way that the conversation originally went like had a really good flow and I can preserve that or I can say, I need that to actually come off like a little bit stronger this way or that way and pick from that bank like, okay, this one is like a, a little bit more in that direction, that one's in a little bit more of a direction. Because as a voice mm. actor, oftentimes what they're doing is not just reading it and trying to not mess up the line like that is just the default that's like being an artist and being like oh you can draw like a stick figure you know that's just kind of assumed 
But as, mm-hmm. a, as an actor, you have to figure out what are all the different ways in which I could say this line, uh, say something different, and also making that sound genuine, like what that character would actually say and like absorb a mm-hmm. lot of that, that, that personality and the motivation and like the, all the small thoughts that they have in their head and how that's externalized. So you get these these actors who can just like give you so much material and they follow your direction like they can follow your direction super precisely, but also mm. they they're creative and they will like come up with their own ideas. And oftentimes I found myself uh, using their thought on a take that like that was their first take, like their first thought more often than um, what I had even directed them to do. So that taught me a lot as well and, and just like the more i basically trusted them to like you know give me their best and like contribute to it the the more i got out of it and it was really fun putting that together and just being like oh man there's like all this the subtlety that's like implied by like how fast this character talks and like how soon they reply to somebody else and that was really mm-hmm. fun frustrating but so fun. You're, <laughs> yeah. so you're giving a yeah. lot of artistic freedom to the artists and you trust what their their gut feeling because they're professional they know what they do they're doing yeah I'm, I'm guessing when yeah. you do the like they're not inventing dialogue, like... but how they read it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. And it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a bit, it must be somewhat difficult because you don't have necessarily mm-hmm. a visual or you're only doing your lines. You don't necessarily know what the person is going through. So making sure, mm-hmm. sure that the voice actor is on the same energy level must be quite something mm-hmm. to manage and handle. And I, I think it's fascinating. Do you guys record like one scene in one go or you jump like back and forth like, okay, this take didn't end up really working. We have to redo this one. So how does it work? Well, usually? if we ever had a take that didn't work, oftentimes you can only tell that it didn't work once you get into the edit. And like what you thought would work suddenly didn't work very well once you were refining the boarding process. And you're like, oh, actually, like, uh, you know, I need this take to like be a little bit more this way. But also... Oftentimes, I would just adjust the boards to work with what they had given me. Oops, sorry, that's the foster cat that I have in the room with me. If you hear a mouth, that's what that is. She's yeah, trying to I get my that. attention. Yeah. So, her name is Guppy, and she is missing her nose and her front teeth because she has a split, uh, a cleft palate. Um, and my roommate found her on the street and she's like super friendly and i think that's the only reason why she's alive because she can't hunt like there's no way she doesn't have any like front teeth like at the top of her mouth oh boy you know she can't fight she can't hunt she probably got food just by being like a super nice cat that people would just feed but she can't stay outside you know that's no good for her so we're cleaning Mm -hmm. her up and taking her to the vet and you know finding a home for her yeah mal so yeah that's that's adorable though i hope it is better than that cat yeah, her name is Guppy right now because she looks like a fish that goes wah, wah, wah. <laughs> she's, got, she's like a calico pattern. Yeah, super cute. What was I saying before? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so, you the, the summary board of the question? The audio didn't quite work. Yeah, sometimes I would adjust the oh. board because, like, you know, their their take, like, now I needed to give information to the animator to be like, here's what I'm picturing when... They say a line like this, so maybe I would adjust that. But if something, like, really didn't work, like, it was like, okay, actually, out of the bank of takes that we have, like, none of these worked very well, then I would call people back in, and that was called a um, a retake. So that would be after the fact. You don't, like, you know... You get as many samples as you can while you have them with you, um, and you try not to like require retakes. But it's just kind of expected that there will be at least one retake for like any given character. And then I might call them and 
separately just to do that one line read because at that point you know exactly what you need for that one scene because you've already like cut it all together and you know oops sorry <laughs> knocked one my microphone on my desk and you know like okay this will work and this won't work um and you can give them like way more specific instruction that is uh, like digs down on like, okay, this is how we're going to adjust this. But also they can even hear how it's turning out at that point. So they get like a little bit more context and that also helps with the performance. So a lot of times it was just trying to give folks as much context as possible so that whatever they were building up in their head was what other characters were seeing as well. So they wouldn't feel disconnected from each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yes. Uh, your voice actors, where do they come from? Are they mostly from the United States? Or you have them internationally around the world? How? What is your process for that? I People did mention Mark, right? He's like, is Mark even American? Mike. My Mike? Mike. Mike. Yeah. 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 yeah Mike's American. I think he's from Ohio originally. Um, What's he's Ohio? He's from Ohio. Uh, we. It's an imaginary place that only exists every election season. No. <laughs> <laughs> Much like my home state of New Hampshire. It appears once every four years. <laughs> oh, wow. You're really um, close to me if you're in New You're really Hampshire. close to me as well. Oh, I'm in no, right I'm near now, Washington, D.C. I'm DC. from New Hampshire. Yeah, no, I'm from New Hampshire. I currently live in Los Angeles. There's not a whole lot of animation hey, boy, jobs in New Hampshire. Apart. Yeah. That's yeah, fair. I across the whole continent. Yeah. But, you know, there's no snow here, which I miss and also don't at the same time. <laughs> and I mean, that's, I that's fair. I love but yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. That's uh, pretty cool that you managed to get Mike, though. I'm very... I didn't yeah. expect that. So yeah, we got Mike, we got Sung Wong. They're, the, we have two guys in Texas right now. Uh, one, of the, one of the VAs actually was my roommate, um, and she lives in Michigan at the moment because she moved out. Uh, and then, like, another one of the VAs lives in here in Los Angeles as well. No, no, three of the VAs live in Los Angeles as well, because this is like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of VAs in L.A. There's a lot of VAs around Austin, so it's not uncommon to find out that people are living here or there. Um, uh, one of the guys is in Chicago. Um, and uh, But I know that one of the VAs is actually from... Um, uh, I think Zimbabwe originally, uh, and he immigrated to the U.S. So, uh, yeah, you know, we, we have people from all over the world on, in, on our crew. Like, we basically have every continent but Antarctica represented in our among our crew so that was always really hard because it's like every time zone was work work time and i would get up at like 2 a.m and be checking my messages to see like you know whether or not like the 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 folks in the uk like if they had dropped stuff off or not that was kind of a bit of a i got mad insomnia or maybe i was just in taking advantage of the insomnia i had (laughs) i mean that is fair yeah, well, we do there, have one there. guy. We have one guy who's in the UK, one of the VAs. We have multiple other crew members who are also in uh, Britain, but this, but one of the VAs is actually British. But you wouldn't know mm-hmm. it based on his performance. <laughs> oh, he can actually change his accent. Or yeah, he? you know he. Yeah, okay. he uh, is uh, uh, Valentine Stokes. Uh, he played Zib, and he's actually uh, British. Um, but you wouldn't know. It based on his characterization of Zib, he just like comes off. He's pretty good at an American accent. Mm, must have been practicing mm-hmm. that a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, 
I think that concludes today's episode. But before we go, Fable, why don't you like to have the honors of, you know, uh, advertising your social media? Oh, yeah. Um, you can find, like, basically all my social media at FablePaint.com. And I'm FablePaint on uh, Twitter and Tumblr, uh, on DeviantArt. Like, I still have my DeviantArt. I don't update it, but it's there. Uh, but the, the, the website's a good place to find out about anywhere I am. Uh, on Twitch, I'm Fable underscore Fable Paint, and you can actually find my Twitch by clicking the Coop Cam and uh, on my website, uh, and you can actually see my birds live, possibly right now when the episode comes out. So I have a live cam of my birds, and sometimes I'll stream some work. But also, also, you can find the project at uh, lackadaisy.com, the original comic and the the original comic is, is available for free to read by Tracy Butler there. You mm. can uh, access the devlog of the film at littledaisycafe.com and you can watch the movie over at YouTube if you just type in Lackadaisy or look up Lackadaisy comic, that channel. Mm. So, yeah. It's, it's hard to miss. Lackadaisy pilot. But it's, it's yeah. yeah. If you're like, how do I spell Lackadaisy? It's just, you know, Lack uh, and then the flower, Daisy. That's it. <laughs> so... All right, that shouldn't be hard for people to remember. (laughs) Well, well, thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun to do. It's like I haven't done a a VR chat interview before. I get to have my (laughs) little visual on display. We're quite I mean, we're not technically the first That's ones to do it. We're not the first no, no, ones to I do it. No, I didn't think it was my first, my first VR chat podcast. I'm like, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Slowly like, sounding more like a talk show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Yeah, at some point, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I guess if you did the podcast like in a, in, if you did a podcast like in a really interesting room, and then we were just meandering around and talking, that would be a little bit different. Oh, yeah, yeah, it'll definitely be different. But yeah. anyways, before we head off, we got one more week until we go to FWA where we have two panels, oh safe for God. work and not safe for work. <laughs> We're my totally ready for that. so much stuff to get ready. I'm still not anywhere close to being ready to go to FWA. I got so many things to do. Hopefully, All I got to do is toss my boy into the... It is 10 days. Well, okay, Actually, wait, Wednesday. Oh, dang. It's it's days for me. Hey, you guys were asking, yeah. are you going to be at FWA? It's like, I wish. <laughs> But if you were, well, we would love to have you. Uh, Midwest Fur Fest or something. If I can get the the money, if I can fly out there, that'd be really cool. Because that's one of my favorite yeah. favorites. Yeah. Yeah. But th- again, you know, thank you for being on the show. And, you know, guys, we'll see you next week. And take Bye. care, everyone. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.